Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic U Radio. Featuring the debut show of Carousel Partners International, a renowned group of expert coaches worldwide bringing their services together collaboratively and offering them to you in contribution. With host Jeffrey Miller, renowned author, international speaker, also known as the Interventionist. Enjoy the show. Good day to the world. How is everybody today? Jeff Miller here, the interventionist. I am so happy to be with you guys today. Thank you all for being with us today. We've got a special, special guest. I wanted to give you a little bit more background information. Carousel Partners International. I've gotten a lot of information about what is and who is Carousel Partners International. Well, some time back, I wanted to work with, as a strategic interventionist, hypnotherapist, NLB practitioner, I wanted to work with the best of the best. So we put together a group of what we know as expert coaches, in their, each in their own niche, or niche, as we say in the U.S., and we banded together in a group, and we named it Carousel Partners International. The carousel is a metaphoric value for when we were kids. If you remember back, we all wanted to go to the fair, and you wanted to ride the merry-go-round. It helps you bring yourself back to that time when you were young. And it all has to do with self-esteem. And our guest today, wow. Love Talk Radio. Our guest today. Wow. Well, I've got to hold on, folks. I'm sorry about that. I had a glitch in my system. I'm running the control station here with our presenter, Michelle. <laughs> I'm sorry for that. Anyway, our guest today is Catherine Muir. Catherine is a successful author, speaker, alternative therapist, life coach, and celebrity hair and makeup artist. She is especially gifted at helping people in trouble with relationships, bullying, overcoming obstacles from the past, transgender issues, raising self-esteem, family therapy, and image consultancy. She is presently also a speaker. She's been doing speaking at schools to help raise self-esteem in children, which is a phenomenal thing, and also helping children master their emotions. She also works in the film and television industry and also is a strategic intervention coach and a hair and makeup artist. I think Kat is a busy lady, and I'd like to welcome Catherine Muir to the show. Hi, Kat. Hi, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for for being with us, and thank you for being a member of Carousel Partners International as one of our now 17 international coaches, uh, along with mm-hmm. our Authentic You media staff. That has we have now have 19 hosts in the Authentic You platform for for shows. That uh, this is this is a fantastic day, Catherine, because you're hitting something near and dear to my heart in what you have been putting together in your authoring and in your speaking and and for children. Uh, one of the one of the biggest reasons that we started Carousel Partners International back back not too long ago was simply that low self esteem seems to be really taking over in the world today, yeah. and we yeah. know as adults how it affects us. We also mm-hmm. know how it affects our children because if we have low self esteem, then don it so don our kids because they live what they yeah. learn and they learn what they live. You have taken it uh, like the bull by the horns, we often say, and you've actually really started doing some serious work on it in your coaching and also in your writing. Uh, you've you've written a book that's become a bestseller. I'd like to start out right there because this, to me, is just a fantastic way to reach our children, Kat. Tell us about the book. Well, thanks very much. Uh, first of all, I started with it because my daughter was having some problems making friends and some of the children weren't particularly nice with her when she was quite young. So I started to tell her some stories and at that point in time the tooth fairy was very prevalent 
And I couldn't actually find a book that covered the things that I really needed to speak to her about and to give her guidance on. And because she's a very visual person, you know, I mean, a lot of children really get into stories in books and they take it on board with themselves, with their own issues. And it's a really good way to get things across to children. So I started telling her these stories and she really liked them. And she asked me to tell her them again and again. So I started to write them down. And then I thought, you know, I worked with my daughter and I really made a big change in her life. And I just wanted to really do that with other kids as well. That's fantastic. So you really took your fairy tales to your own child mm-hmm. and wrote them down, the different stories you've told yourself from stories you've heard growing up yourself and actual life events, I would imagine, from your own upbringing. Would that be correct? Well, yeah. I mean, I was very badly bullied when I was a child, and I didn't have any idea. You know, I mean, there was things that my parents said and my grandparents said, but it didn't really make any sense to me what what they were telling me to do and a lot of the advice they gave me actually was very poor because they didn't know how to deal with it and I think most adults don't actually really know how to deal with it. It's quite an upsetting thing for them when their children are upset and even if their child is a bully it's upsetting for the adults too and they just don't really know what to do with it and that's one of the things with the book Scarlet Underpants Meets the Tooth Fairy the message that runs through it is Basically, it's okay to be different, and it teaches children how to deal with children that aren't very nice and to be proud of who they are. And I feel that if children have a higher level of self-esteem, they're less likely to either bully or be bullied. And You're absolutely That was really my correct, hope yeah. with the book, that it, it brings up a lot of subjects for parents and adults to be able to talk to with children. And I've had quite good feedback from from teachers and from from parents who have children that are somewhere on the spectrum as well. Because a lot of the times, children that are a wee bit different, you know, there was a quote that Robin Williams said, and it was about, you only get a little bit of madness, you know, so take care of it and don't lose it. And I thought, you know, it, it's brilliant because really what he calls madness is what I would call individuality. And I think it's really a fantastic gift to give to the world if we're that little bit different and a lot of the time it's actually it's taken out of children when they go to school they have to conform and anything that's different about them is usually removed and you know they they can't they can't really be joyful and be they can't be joyful and happy if they're being someone that they're not you know so it's all back down to what you and Michelle are talking about being your authentic person. And I think it all starts off with having a good level of self-esteem. That's absolutely fantastic, Kat. When you think about that, you know, and authenticity is what it is, to be the true self that you truly are, not somebody that somebody's making you up to be. And that is, again, as you said about parents and grandparents, they only know what they know from what they were taught. And then you've got two people that, that come together uniquely, fall in love, and raise a family of their own, and they have to somehow put those pieces together and make it work for their children. So, again, the children are living what they learn and learning what they live because they're living within it. Yeah. If we live within a household that has low self-esteem values and issues going on, then that gets passed to the children, and then it perpetuates. Now, what I love... And by the way, folks, if you haven't figured it out yet, Kat is from Scotland. And if you've heard that wee bit of an accent, you know why? So I I put it on a little bit because I've spoken the brogue when I was a young fella. Uh, My great-grandmother was from Scotland, Kat. And uh, Mm -hmm. it still comes on a little bit. And I know people say, well, Jeff, you're from Boston. So, you know, you've got that mixed up in there. So it really isn't truly a Scottish accent. (laughs) The name of your book I love. Tell everybody the name of the book for the children. It's Scarlet Underpants Meets the Tooth Fairy. Scarlet Underpants Meets the Tooth thought. Fairy. Now, yeah. if, that wouldn't, if that wouldn't attract a child's imagination to want to read that book, that is fantastic. And it has become, folks, da-da-da, drumroll, a bestseller in Scotland. Yeah. Now, when are you going to get the rights to distribute over here? Do you need some help with that? Maybe we know some people in some good places, Kat, that can help get that book on the shelves in the U.S., Canada, etc., well, that would be great. I mean, it's distributed over in the U.S., Canada, 
uh, Australia, China, and Japan. Um, Fantastic. So it means, yeah, it, it just needs people to go in and ask for it. And so they need to go into you. So everybody go into your bookstores and ask for Scarlet Underpants. Scarlet Underpants meets the Tooth Fairy. Meets yeah. the Tooth Fairy. I think everybody needs to write that down. Do not forget that title, because how could you? And I think that's probably <laughs> one of the reasons Kat wrote it, because it really fits. And it is such yeah. a such a joyful book for children. It is so, Kat, I, I, you know, in looking at it, I just said, wow, how could a child not grab a hold of this and not come up with oh. it? Even if they're in a household with low self-esteem or they have low self-esteem for other reasons, how could they not come up with a set of questions of their own to start questioning, wait a minute? And those children, you're exactly right. The children that are doing the bullying in the world today are the ones with the lowest level of self-esteem, and that has been now documented psychologically. That has been yes. proven to be a fact. All the bullying that's going on is, in fact, low self-esteem and debilitating yes. beliefs on an early, early level of their of their child-rearing days. Uh, and then they grow up into yes. their teens and adolescence, and it gets worse and worse and worse. If something yes. isn't done about it, you're doing something about it. This is fantastic. And I know, and it's a shame. You know, I was listening to some some things with Marianne Williamson the other night, and one of the things that she said that I wrote down was that children at school are not shown how to be joyful and happy, and the world would be a better place if less importance was placed on spelling and more importance placed on being joyful. And you know, I thought that was fantastic because, of course, things like spelling and math are really important, but you know there needs to be a lot more stress. You know there needs to be a lot more placed on children being yeah. joyful and happy. Absolutely. And really, that's not their first and foremost. Exactly. Exactly. There's a story here in the U.S. and I'm sure it's compl- it's sure it's 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 worldwide that the teacher looks at at Billy and Billy is kind of looking out the window, go with wild imagination, and she says, "Billy, stop daydreaming." When, in fact, yeah. if Billy was allowed to daydream, that's how he actually comes up with what is going to be and who he is going to be. And yeah. it's actually a healthy thing to do. And there is so yeah. much going on with this testing and assessments that these children are having to do these days to see where they, especially in the U.S., where they fall into these categories so that the schools get their funding from the state and the yeah. federal level. It's ridiculous. The teachers are becoming yeah. assessment instructors versus teaching the subjects. And the subjects, yeah. again, what are they teaching them about life? Yes, I know. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's, I mean, I know it's difficult for teachers as well, but what I feel is one of the things they do in schools, they make children concentrate on the things that they're weakest at instead of concentrating on the things that they're best at. And the things that children are usually weakest at are the things that they like the least. So they're, they're not going to really use that when they leave. And I feel when they're going to school, you know, they have to conform. Everything's knocked out of them. They have to sit still. They have to eat when the bell goes. They're not allowed to go to the bathroom unless it's a proper break. And while I understand some of these rules, I think they're always being told it's always negative things that children are hearing all the time in school and and at home as well. And that's that's the thing that, you know, I'd like to talk about tonight is how the, how people can actually help raise the self-esteem because a lot of things teachers and parents do they don't do on purpose you know their their outcome isn't to to ruin their children's levels of self-esteem they're they're wanting to guide children and train them to be socially acceptable and there's just there's other ways that you can do that that are effective without actually harming their confidence and their self-esteem it's fantastic now you have an outline that i have had the privilege to be able to read and I actually love it. I have raised five children. I have okay. ten grandchildren and now one great grandchild and I have another grandchild on the way. So, you know, they they oh. look at me and they go, Well you gotta be kidding me. How old are you, Jeff? Anyway, I'm not that old. <laughs> at least I don't feel it. <laughs> but you have come up with five ways to raise your child's self esteem and I love them. So I'd love to go over those, Kat, if that's what you were leading to, because, uh, you know, from yeah. one to five, you know, starting with, with the praise them. Yeah. Well, a lot of the time, people don't actually take the time to praise or say anything positive to their child. 
you're so busy you're so busy training them to be socially acceptable and guiding them to be safe and from from the minute they actually start crawling around you're saying don't touch that leave that alone don't don't go there and you know and things like that and what you've got to remember is that it actually takes 10 positive comments to nullify one negative comment so you have to start counting up over the day how many positive things you're saying compared to negative things because a lot of negative things you're really fighting a losing battle with you know there's things that children do that that are just things that are maybe irritating you rather than being something that you really need to to give them a row for and you have to really think about it so if you start counting up how many positive things you're actually saying and being conscious of it you'll find out more than likely that you're hardly saying anything a lot of the time we actually think it in our head but we don't say it out loud or we'll say it to someone else but we don't say it to the child and it's a very very common thing it is, and, and again, doesn't it boil down to how we were raised ourselves? Yeah, it, it absolutely does, because what we tend to do is we fall into the pattern that we're comfortable with, whether we like it or not. And if we don't actually realize it, then we continue on with the way that our parents were with us and the way that our grandparents were with them, and it, it just sort of goes on and, and on like that. And, you know, if, if parents... If parents have had a hard time with their children, they will find it difficult to to do all this and to be to to give compliments and to say things because it'll feel kind of unnatural for them to begin with. But it's one of the most important things you can do, and especially when children hear mostly negative things from people that they love and care about and respect. You know, they grow up and all they do is listen to the negative stuff. They actually tune out the positive things. And that's why it's so difficult for people to take a compliment. And you find even adults, you know, they really have a hard time with it. You give them a compliment and they'll completely nullify it. They'll they'll justify why they shouldn't have this compliment. And that all stems from all the negativity that they hear when they're they're little. Isn't that amazing? But it's so true. It's why why we grow up as adults and we'll start living a life and raising our own children and going through the workplace and social yes. life, and we yes. don't, we shut down when it comes to receiving even a simple compliment, yes. let alone anything else. And then else. how can children learn how to receive compliments when their parents can't, you know? Mm. I mean, children are always listening to everything that you do and everything that you say, and if you can't receive a compliment because you feel worthless or you don't have a good level of self-esteem then you know children will copy they will take on board what you've got just as you have from your parents so it's very important to to make a list even of the good things that you want to say to your child and you know there's there's things that you can do to correct a behavior in a positive way where you're not actually giving them a, a row and usually leading children by example you know instead of telling them what they have to do if you actually help them to do it and say, oh, come on and help me, and they want to spend good time point. with you and be with you, so they'll join in and they'll do that, and then you can give them good positive reinforcement for helping, even if they're not very good at it. You know, the fact that they've made an effort and you've praised them for it, they'll want to do better and better because they like getting praise. So, you know, I find that if you tell them to do something that, you know, like... For example, if your house is a mess and you tell them to clean the room, it's not really going to have much effect. You're fighting a losing battle. You're just going to end up giving negativity out for yourself as well as your child. But I if you tell them to one. get them to join in with you, then Absolutely. you get a lot of positive reinforcement for that and you can give them a lot of praise. There used to be an expression then, when I was young growing up, Cat, that mm-hmm. said, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. And that was from the parents, and the parent was saying, yeah. you just need to do as you're told. I'm going to smoke yeah. cigarettes, and I'm going to drink a beer. And yeah. I'm using an example, but I don't want you to do it because it's bad. Well, that child yeah. is looking to that parent for respect. That is yeah. where they learn how to respect other people by the level of respect the parent shows the child. Yeah. And this yeah. is this is where this whole thing has been happening over the years lately, 
and it's been going mm-hmm. on for a long time. This isn't something just started yesterday or last week or last generation. Yeah. It's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And, and you have to be, you can't be a hypocrite. You know, you have to be very watchful of what you do and what you say and how you behave because your children will copy what you do. And a lot of the time when children are little, the things that they do that can that can grind on you slightly are actually things that you do. You know, it's things that you'll maybe say or actions that you do. And then all of a sudden you're seeing it like a mirror in front of you. So it's quite funny. It is quite funny. But there's the things... One of the things that's quite easy to do to start off with is praising them at night when they're about to go to sleep because then it's a nice time that they sort of incorporate that praise into dreams and they feel good going to sleep. And if you tell them, if you start off by telling them the ne- the one negative thing or the two negative things that they've done, you know, that, you know, um, maybe something like, I wasn't very happy with the way that you spoke to your sister today, but all these other things that you've done have been so wonderful. You gave her a cuddle, you apologised to her, you picked up your toys, you were very good coming out of the bath when I asked you to come out. And, you know, all these little things, if you just run through a whole list of all the things that they've done at night, then it, it just makes them feel really good. You know, they're really getting praise and it really... It's such a small thing to do. It takes less than five minutes, but it really elevates them quite dramatically. So you're basically saying go through the praise factor first. Tell them all the great things they did, and then and then say, and there's a couple of things that we would want to also improve on. Do it well, that way, I in other say, words? I would say the negative things first. You do, okay. The, and okay. I would only ever say like two or three, no, never any more than three. And And just if you can tell them how they can improve on it you know but then that that's perfect and then after that you just turn it around and you give them all the positives because what they'll remember is the last things that you're saying to them so you that get the is correct I am. First. and, and the, do they the say that in the things. evening in the evening it's even more important because and for all of us even as adults because what you what you what you read or what you listen to just before putting your head on the pillow is what sticks yeah. with you through the night, and it goes into subconscious. Yeah, Excellent. that's absolutely right. Great. Yeah. Chad, we have a caller. If you'd like to okay. like to answer a question, and then we can move on to the other the other uh, questions we have that you you know based on your five, you've gone through a couple. Where are you getting into number two? Uh, and there's so much content here. Uh, it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. I mean, I think we could probably do a couple of three hours. Matter of fact, we could probably do a lifetime, couldn't we, folks? I mean, think about it. <laughs> Raising children is a lifetime. Um, yeah. challenge, and I, I shouldn't call it a challenge because it's supposed to be a pleasure and a joy. To some, it's not. So we do have, I believe we have uh, Christine ready ready to ask a question. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Hi, Christine. Hi, thank Christine. you for calling in to us. Um, I am just so interested in this topic. Um, my goal is to praise my son like 10 to 1, like you were talking about, and I uh-huh. have to admit I'm nowhere near it, and Sometimes I can't even stand hearing myself. Um, yeah. I, my son is—he just turned three, <laughs> and I, you mm-hmm. know, want to give him high self-esteem. But you know, I just—I can't even stand hearing myself sometimes, and I just feel bad at what he must hear. Like, no, don't poop in the tub, and yeah. don't put the shampoo down the toilet, and don't yeah. hit the dog. And I'm just wondering if you have any advice for someone with a toddler. Because I know it's like so important in the beginning years, and I try. I really like the idea of but when before they're going to bed. But yeah. I just feel like I'm so negative, and I try not to be, but it's just crazy. Okay, okay. Well, great question. <laughs> what I would say to you, Christine, first of all, is you've got to look at the things that are important and not important. When When I was pregnant, one of the books I read said that if you've got anything in the house that you don't want to get messed about with, put it away until your children are 16. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's excellent advice. So if there's anything that's going to provoke you, you know, because you've got to remember that toddlers, they're so, they're so little, they don't really understand when you're telling them, when you're giving them a right for things, they don't really fully get it. Part of it they think is a game. So 
one of the things to make life easier is to move everything away, like get the shampoo out of his reach so he can't put it down the toilet. You know, okay. move things out of the way so that so that your child isn't able to do these things in the first place. And then right. the other thing is when your child's doing something, instead of always saying no to the child, if you say, just distract them into something else. You know, if they're if they're doing something you don't want them to be doing, just take their hand and move them along and say, oh, come and see this. You know, and I mean, one of the distraction techniques that I used a lot was, you know, I would take them to the window and say, oh, look at that bird or look at that squirrel or look at the airplane, you know, and, and we would talk about things out the window. And, and it's also a great distraction method to do if your child has hurt themselves and they start to cry, to just move them into a different a different mood instantly and you just get them even if there's nothing there you know we we could spend five minutes looking at the trees and there's no squirrels there but i've made up an elaborate story about a squirrel that stole a pancake and you know <laughs> and things like that and the other thing is there's an exercise that i was going to do at the end of the show actually uh jeff to, that i do with parents who have issues with with anger or with shouting at children. Yeah, I think that that's still something where I would highly suggest we do for the end of the show, so we can get everybody to to, to take part in that. That'd be fantastic. Right. And uh, Christine, well, I have to I have to ask a question. As far as the child pooping in the tub, um, <laughs> yeah. think of, think about the warm water. The poor girl. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of a natural. <laughs> I know. I don't. That's... You know. So I I think you need to listen after that one off and just say no, no, no. We do that when we do potty training, but. <laughs> right. It's yeah. just like I'm the just... third time, and he was like, "Oh, you know, snake." Yeah. It, well, you know, and I understand it he's happens. a toddler. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, Have a strainer ready. Feed into your emotion as well. Yeah. So if you get upset about it, they've suddenly found a way to get your attention instantly. So if they're not getting your attention in a good way then they can do things to get your attention in a negative way. Okay. So if for for doing a poop in the bathtub, when when they do that, the best thing to do is not make a big deal about it. Just take them out straight away and sit them on the toilet and say, that's where we do that, and just drain everything out and don't put them back in the bath. And say, no, that's bath time over now that you've done that. Um, in future, if you do it in the toilet. And then okay. they, they soon get the hang of it. And okay. when they do it in the toilet, if you give them a reward, make a big deal about them. Oh, you're so clever. You're so good to do that. You're so clever to, ask to come out the bath. Okay. And, yeah. Is that Fantastic. good? Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Thank you. And I look yep. forward to hearing the rest of the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling in, oh, Christine. You're very welcome. Pleasure to have you on. Thanks. Great. Okay. I'm looking to see if we have any callers still lined up. I don't think we do. I think we can go back to questions. And anybody that is in uh, on the blog area, please ask a question. I'll make sure the cat gets it. Um, okay. We were we were getting on to you know you were getting through praising them and talking about every evening and um, how they 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 need to feel loved and you need to show them yeah. that on a continuous basis. I mean, don't we all really need that? I don't think that ever stops, and it probably goes even more important as we get through. And some people say, I don't need that. I'm all set. But in in yeah. retrospect, we all need that magic full of the word love. Children need to Absolutely. feel it, they need to hear it, they need to see it. And seeing it is so important with the parents showing it to them. You know, this is show and tell. Yeah. This is really this yeah. is really where they get it. And then when they grow up and they get into our age bracket and become parents themselves, it's in the subconscious. Yeah. They remember that they were shown, they were taught, they felt yeah. that full letter word love. And how important yeah. is that? How important is it, that? It's so important, and one of the, you know, the, the second way to raise your child's self-esteem is absolutely finding out and showing your child how much you love them. And it sounds really simple, but people and children feel love in a different way. And there's a really good book called The Five Languages of Love by Gary Chapman, which I would highly mm -hmm. recommend anyone who's a parent to yes, get. Yes, it is a good one. And it outlines the five different ways to feel loved. And one of the things really that I've found helping a lot of parents is that the children don't feel loved. There seems to be a miscommunication. And the parents will say, but, you know, 
I drive them to all these classes and I take them there and I do this for them and I do that. And then I think, okay, so your main way of feeling loved is acts of service. But that's not the child's way. So the five ways, the five ways of, of feeling loved are affirmations, being told that you're loved or writing notes saying that you love them, acts of service, like taking them to classes, picking them up, cleaning their room, doing things for them. Right. Uh, touch, being hugged, you know, being hugged. Oh, isn't hugged. that important? Isn't mm-hmm. that an Absolutely. act of love? And everyone needs all these five, but mm. some people have one more than the others that they need. So, you know, if, uh, there's also like having quality time together, you know, like sitting down on the floor and playing with the children or playing right, a video game right. with them or, you know, whatever it is that's their interest. And then the last one is presence having like a nicely wrapped present. And if you have a parent who's a touchy, feely parent who needs to be hugged and, and loved and needs to be hugged and kissed to be shown love and they have a child who who wants presents, then these two people are going to completely disconnect with each other, you know, because the mother or the father are always going to be hugging the child, but the child doesn't feel loved by getting hugged in the same way he feels important by getting getting presents, and the best way to find out which your child's which your child's um, main level of love is is asking them how do you know that I love you? Well, it's funny. I was just going to ask you that question. How would you find out if you've not done it all the way that we think we should be doing it, and we realize yeah. we've got some areas of of issue that need to be addressed with our children and how we're raising them? What do we do? So you actually ask the child. No, what, what about the case of Christine when she's got a toddler? Um, well, how does she ask her toddler, child? When it's you just with a toddler, you do all all five, and you do them all the time. And what you'll you notice just keep is teaching that. the okay. things that the child right. will, will react to in a much more positive way than others. You know, if you mm. go to hug your child and you kind of push away, you know, you shouldn't force it because they're maybe not a touchy feely child. If if you give them a gift that's all wrapped up and they're so excited about it, then, you know, that's that's a way to sort of know. If you have quality time with them and they're, they're more excited about that than anything else you can do, then, you know, that's a way you, you can tell. So if you've got a toddler, you just do all five of them and you see what one they, they sort of ask for the most or what one they enjoy the most. And then when they get to about four, they'll start to tell you. You can ask them and they'll let you know. And it can well, change as well. Oh, that's fantastic. So it, it can start off as one thing and develop into something else. But you, you tend to find that a lot of the time children that have problems where they feel that they're not loved by their parents, and their parents are very loving people, it's actually this miscommunication about their their love language. Okay. So and then, of course, we've got to, we've got to, yeah, all of this will cause them to feel that sense of security, which is actually your, yes. your, your, your part three. Um, yes. And, and, and as you've said, this sounds easy, but, and it really is. I mean, yeah, well, but we've got to be very you know, mindful the, of the words around kids and what we say and how we say it and what kind of language is going on and what they listen to and what they don't listen yeah. to. Yeah. Absolutely. And it comes down to what we were saying at the beginning about being a hypocrite. You know, if you can't say one thing and do another, and children know, if you're saying it through grated teeth, they they get the message. And sometimes there's a lot of passive-aggressive things that go on in families because a lot of people don't want to. They don't want to say something that that might cause um, maybe an argument or or conflict. So they they be passive-aggressive about it, and children absolutely pick up on that, and that's one of the worst things for children, to make them feel insecure. And, you know, there's things that you have to remember, that children take everything very literally. And because as adults, we kind of forget that, because we're so used to sarcasm and all sorts Mm. of other things. Joking and fooling around, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you say to a child, you're too big for your boots, because the child's acted out a little bit. The child will go away completely puzzled by what you're talking about because their boots still fit. So you have to be very clear. You know, mummy and daddy don't like this behaviour that you're doing. We don't like it when you talk to us in this way or whatever it is. But you have to be very clear and specific. 
And I think yes, you know, and I think one of the best examples you gave on that cat from when I was doing the reading is that the parent that says something like this, I still have the receipt for when I got yeah. you and I can take you back at any time if you don't behave. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, gee, yeah. poor child and, is going to think, oh, my God, I need to get that receipt and burn it. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, the father thought he was being funny. He thought he was being funny with it. And when I spoke to him about it, he really didn't get, you know, it really took a long time for him to understand how insecure he was making the child. Because children need to know that they're loved no matter what. They need to know that they have a home. They need to have basic basic feelings of security and they they need to know that they can make mistakes and still be loved you know it, it and one of the things that I say to my children regularly is that I love you no matter what I prefer it when you're happy but I love you even when you grump at me or shout at me I would much rather you didn't do these things but I still love you no matter what I love you even exactly. when I shout exactly. at you or even when you shout at me or even when we're angry but we'll always love each other. And, you know, it's one of the things that I see almost daily to my children. And I think it's very important for them to know because when you shout at a child, they get very insecure. And for you, it's it's almost like a release. And it doesn't really mean the same thing to you. But when you shout at a child, all of a sudden, in those moments, they feel that they are not loved anymore. Yeah, the shouting is an amazing thing because in, in what we do as strategic interventionists, Kat, and, and oftentimes with clients that are 9 out of 10 times adult, I haven't had any young people as a client at this time. However, I do know those that do that, that are also coaches, is that, in fact, that parent is doing that shouting is going to an emotion of when they themselves were a child and they acted and reacted a certain way to something that their parents yeah. did with them. And that is one of the one of the all-time classic showings of low self-esteem, and it is yeah. what is plaguing us again. It's what's going on out there. So when you have a child that has to listen to constant yelling, screaming, bickering, it is exactly what yeah. that child is going to grow up to be like. Because yeah. you're actually establishing a, a a workbook for the next bully, and it's yeah. a, and it's really a shame, but that's how it happens. So I love how you go through this and how this is uh, opening up to, you know, that the, the children the children will know you love them no matter what when you can take it and, and do it by your book, so to speak. And, and I'm plugging your book now because that is what, uh, just, just the going over of the book and understanding how I laid it out, it was so simply put together to understand it's like hitting the easy button. But we are not taught that. We are not taught that again. Yeah. So as as any anybody that's got at this point listening that's got has children that you need to you know, get you probably some of this stuff's hitting you a little bit. And I know it hits me. And I'm gonna tell you why. Yeah. I've raised my kids, I've done my thing. But I listen to this and I cringe and go, Oh, I remember yelling. I can remember other yeah. things. I can remember feeling that you can't do that. You're not supposed to do that. But I never took the time to actually, because I was in a point of not having the time to explain for one reason or another. Yeah. I know it sounds yeah. like I'm making an excuse, folks, and I guess I am. I'm guilty as charged. But you know what? Again, we live what we learn, and we learn what we live. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah, how I'm we're all taught. So don't beat yourselves over the head listening yeah. to this. But take yeah. it as constructive and say, here is another opportunity for me to better my children's lives into the future, which is, in fact, going to better their children's lives into the future. Someday we can change this. So being involved, how important, I mean, you know, just to get involved and do more things, find more time. And that's the problem today with the working family. The mom is out of the house as much as the dad and sometimes more. Yeah. So the children are yeah. there at the sitters, or they're with the neighbor, or they're yeah. old enough that one of the siblings is taking care of the youngers. And and it goes on and on and on because of economic conditions. But to find that yeah. special time to spend that time with the children. Yeah, and and that's one of the things. I mean, you know, parents are going to lose it every so often. They are going to shout. It's it's just one of these things. And but if you if you make a mistake. If you shout, it's very important once you gain control to apologize to your child for shouting, to say, I'm really sorry. And then you teach your child how to 
how to have forgiveness and how to make mistakes and it be okay, you know. And and the, the more the more you the more you want to consciously stop shouting, the easier it will become because you'll catch yourself and you'll you'll be able to eliminate it. You know, it's it's a very rare occasion that I shout at my kids now. And it's what do you do to stop it? What do you do? What do you do to pull yourself back from losing that? Because a lot of people will tell you, how do I how do I go to that place where I just count to ten and say, breathe deep. I'm not going to shout. I'm just. Well, you speak. don't have to do that. See the exercise I'm going to do at the end. It'll become very clear, actually. Okay. Because we'll we'll get it, to that, and that's going to answer my question to too. Sorry, Jeff. No, no, that's okay. I was going to say that's also going to answer my question. <laughs> that's great. Well, yeah, it's just really a case of of just feeling the love for your children. And the exercise mm. is very, you know, I've helped a lot of people. One of my friends is Italian, and it's her nature to shout. And, you know, she's she's managed to not shout at her children anymore just by doing this exercise. And it's very That's fantastic. Okay, and how long do you need to do that exercise? About ten minutes or so, can? Or? Yeah, no, yeah, five to ten minutes. Okay, because we've got about twenty long. minutes left of the show, and and right now to date, I got to tell you, to the moment, this has been fantastic. This has been, I've been waiting for this show. We have in Carousel Partners probably the best of the best in coaches, and we have the best of the best in authentic you in our in our hosts. And we are so blessed to be part of the Authentic You program, and I'm very, very happy to say that I am also as well. And we're going to be doing live presentations, folks. We're going to be offering uh, webinars coming up with each one of the coaches that have been on Carousel Partners as well as the hosts that are on the network of Authentic You. And please check them out. Go to AuthenticYouMedia.com. Check that list out. Go on the Facebook page, Authentic You. And media, and you will see all the different shows that are on all during the week. And I and I know this sounds like a little bit of an advertisement, but I want you guys to to take a peek, do yourselves a favor, take a look at some of the phenomenal shows that are on Carousel Partners. Is we are just one of the many shows of of approximately 19 show hosts that are out there in the Authentic You brand right now, and uh, we are very proud to be part of that. Uh, Cat, myself, and the others uh, in Car- in Carousel Partners. Uh, and a lot of the other shows, you've heard some of the previous uh, shows that we've had. The deb- we could still call them the debut shows because each one of our, 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 excuse me, our coaches actually are having their debut show for a launch to get out to the world and share that that they do in contribution for you. And this is what this show is for Cat tonight, which is just absolutely fantastic. And Cat, it's, it's it's great. I mean, this this content is wow. That's all I can say. Without words, wow. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. What do you do? How would you handle two children, two sibling children that are arguing and want to tease each other all the time? Do you have any suggestions for that? Yeah, that usually, that's such a common thing, and it stems from the children looking for their parents' love. The, both the children feel insecure. Usually you'll find the older child has a bit of insecurity and they feel they don't feel that they're loved as much when the younger child comes along mm. and I was very conscious of this because I'm an older child and when my brother was born I was six and I remember all the attention going to him and I, I really do remember feeling completely unloved and when I had my son who's the youngest one I was very very conscious of telling my daughter all the time how much she was loved and how her little brother is loved just the same as she is, but he needs more help to do things. And I would say to her, you know, you can see if I put him on the floor, he can't even roll over, he can't do anything, he can't feed himself. So he needs he needs extra attention just now until he can do all the things that you can do. And all the children need are reassurance that they're both loved. And you'll find that, you know, children, depending on the age gap between them, They'll, they'll squabble about little things and about playing with toys and things like that. But as long as they both understand how much they're loved and how they're equal, and when you sort things out, you do it in an equal way, then, you know, and again, you lead by example. You know, you say, do you think that that's very nice? If she was playing with that first, do you think it's very nice that you then took it? Would you like her 
to do that to you. And you put mm. them in that situation, so they have to think about it. And then, you know, they'll, they'll apologise and they'll move on. And, you know, I, I know that this works because it works very well with my children. And Excellent. Mm-hmm. That's And that's so commonplace today, especially with the divorce rate in families. The children are feeling less of that quality time with yeah. either or, both parents, the, the split time with parents, et cetera. It's, it's, it's yeah. really, really heavy duty what's happening in that. And, and I know that was a question that came up from somebody I've spoken to recently. And I can yeah. remember it back in raising my own children going through it with my kids. The older ones seemed to pick on the other ones, the little ones, just because yeah. they could get away with something. Well, that brings us up to time for your exercise for parents, and I know everybody is is patiently awaiting this. And uh, we have, let's see, um, oh, we have some. We have we in the blog. In the blog, uh, we have okay, uh, Michelle. I think that's you. Interesting that you see this with your children who are five years apart. The first one seems like she has. She has the only child thing going on, and I, okay, I'm, only, I'm the only child, so it's much harder for me to understand the sibling rivalry. So Michelle is saying she, yeah. is an, she is an only child, so she's finding it very hard raising her two children with five years of difference yeah. in age to work on. Yeah, I can understand that. I totally can about that rivalry, uh, with, and she doesn't have the first-hand experience, so you're going to have yeah. to get the book, Michelle. I think that's the point. <laughs> that will be the, the book that's going to explain that. But let's get on to the exercise because I bet that's going to explain it too, Kat. Well, yeah, I mean, we've missed out step four and five. <laughs> we did. Um, I'm terribly sorry. We've got, we've got 15 minutes of actual, then... about seven, 15, uh, 14 minutes left of showtime. So as long as okay. you've got plenty of time to do that. Just very quickly, the step four to raise their self-esteem is to be involved in their life to get to know their friends, have them round, keep a quick ear on the dialogue that goes on between the children together so that you know what's really going on. It's, you know, it's not, it's not eavesdropping. It's just really being involved with your children and finding out what's happening with them so that you can help to advise them on things. And if you hear, if you hear one child being a little bit, a little bit sort of, bitchy for want of a better word or anything when you hear mm-hmm. things coming up afterwards when your child relaxed you can talk about that situation and you can ask them what they thought about it and you can help to guide them and it, although it's quite busy it's actually it's a very important thing to understand them and the children that they spend time with and the other thing that's quite important as well is if you if you listen to all the chatter you know if, if you let them talk and, you know, sometimes they'll be chatting away about what Annie did to Jimmy and whatever. But if you actually listen to that, it makes them feel very special. And if you let them teach you things, like maybe a video game or, you know, something that they're doing, you know, Angry Birds or whatever it is, if you let them show you how to do something, again, that will raise their self-esteem because they feel very important that, that they're doing this for you. And the last one is, Never judge, you know, listen quietly, give advice if if you're asked for it or if you feel they need it, but you don't judge them. And one of the important things that I do is I say to my children that they're not going to get punished if they tell me the truth. If they tell me whatever it is, it doesn't matter how bad it is, if they're honest with me about it, they'll never, ever get into trouble. They'll only Great get point. into trouble if they fib. So... It's a really important thing, and it actually works really well. And you know, both the children are very truthful because they know they'll never get into trouble. And it's a really, it's a really important thing because a lot of the time, in bullying or in abuse, people will say, you know, they make them, they make the child feel ashamed and make them feel that they have to keep quiet and they can't tell anyone. And if you, if you have this dialogue with your children, then they'll come and they'll tell you. They'll be honest. If they know that you're not going to judge them or give them, and or get them into trouble for anything, if they know they're not going to get into trouble, so you know that that's basically, you know, the, the sort of the, the five the five the ways five, to Yes, those are excellent. Those are excellent. So wow, if, if fantastic. If we move on to the exercise just now, um, basically everyone who's listening, if you just close your eyes and take in a deep breath, and what I would like you to do is. Imagine your child 
standing in front of you. And what I want you to do is to actually imagine yourself taking a step inside your child's body. So you're going to look through your child's eyes. And you're going to feel the feelings that your child feels. And you're going to turn your child around to look at you. So you're actually seeing yourself through your child's eyes. And as you look at yourself through your child's eyes and you can feel what your child feels, you can feel all the love that the child has for you, looking up because you're so big and they're little. And you can feel how much your child loves you and how upset they are if you start to shout. And you can see that and you can feel it in their little body. So as you start shouting at your child, you can feel all the changes that are happening and how horrible it is because you're so big and they're so small and how sad they feel. And then if you really think about that and really feel it, and then if you start to smile at at your child while you're inside your child looking through their eyes, you can feel their whole body change. And you can feel the happiness absolutely going right through their body. And it's it's very important to actually feel as the child feels and to look at yourself as they see you. And if you go back to shouting again at the child, you can feel how horrific it is for them. How it's, it's just so upsetting. And if you take a step back out your child's body and you look at your child and you look into their eyes and you see and you feel how much love they have for you and how much love you could feel when you had actually imagined yourself stepping into their body, it's such a very powerful exercise. And if you do that once in the morning and once at night, After a week, you will no longer shout at your child. And any time you feel it rising in you, you just need to look at them and imagine yourself stepping into their little body and seeing yourself through their eyes. And just feeling those feelings, really absolutely feeling those feelings that they have for you. Because your children just love you so much and adore you. They love you more than anything. And when you start to shout at them, it absolutely makes their world fall apart. And when you can really see that from their perspective, they're so little and you're so big. And if you do that, like I say, once in the morning when you wake up and once at night and do it again when you feel that anger rising, then you will no longer shout at your child. So you just basically imagine your child standing in front of you. You close your eyes, you take a deep breath, and you can see your child there. And you literally take an imaginary step into their body. So you are inside their head, and you're looking out their eyes, and you see yourself from their perspective. And you feel all the emotions in their body. You can feel all the happiness and all the joy when they look at you. You can feel all this warmth and this love. And then you can see what happens when you start to shout at them. And this horrendous feeling. And the the sadness. And the the absolute upset in their bodies. And then when, when you've done that, you go back to smiling at them again. And you can see yourself smiling at them. And you can feel all that joy and all that love again. And then you just step out the body. And it's, it's such an overwhelming feeling if you do this. So I've, I've did a short version because I know that we're really, we're, we're tight for time now, Jess. But wow. I hope that was I, I, I've, got, I've got to say, that was, that, was, that was absolutely excellent. And I know where she's coming from, folks, because Kat is also a hypnotherapist, as am I. And I picked right up on that. She actually took you into a conversational hypnosis. And don't say you never could be hypnotized, because that was just proven. If you felt that, 
If you got that, if you did the closing of your eyes and you went into that, you actually were under hypnosis. Congratulations, you have been hypnotized. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic, Catherine. Wow, Thanks, because I just did that, I just did that, and you can teach an old dog new tricks. Thank you very much. <laughs> Well, that was fantastic. You. Wow. Absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Well, we've got five minutes left to show. A couple of minutes we're going to talk about next week's show, but I, I wanted to just say this has been fantastic. And I know, and everybody's going to agree, Kat's going to have to come back. You, you, Kat, you're going to have to do your second show. We'll have to get you scheduled in and get you going because there is so much information there is so much content when it comes to children, yes. us as adults. Uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to make a suggestion as as is uh, authentic. You that we you're you're in the running for your own show. Um, and anyway, we'll call it the Scarlet Underpants Show. I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it would that attract much attention. <laughs> yeah, I think it would get a wild, wild audience. That's yes, it would. <laughs> And uh, the, that audience would, would get such information that yeah, on an ongoing basis, like on a weekly or mm-hmm. semi-weekly basis, would be absolutely fantastic for you to do a show, for you to have a show. Uh, as as one of our members in Carousel Partners International, you're, of course, able to come back and we'll, we'll keep you going on the banner. Uh, but I am going to suggest, I am going to suggest, as is our producer, that you mm-hmm. and folks... Send those cards and letters if you believe Cat should have a show. This content, this subject is fantastic. We we all need it. We all need it. I mean, this this is just wow. Uh, and again, my children are grown. They have children of their own, and my grandchildren are now starting to have children. And when I think about that, I go wow. But that said, what a phenomenal show that I picked up more information about parenting children than I ever could have imagined. I left my mind totally open to it, Kat, and thank you so very, very much. This has been fantastic. And audience, I I hope you guys have loved it as much as I have, and I know Michelle, our producer, has. uh, Michelle Arbo, Authentic You Media. Uh, this, This is really great. And I think one of the biggest things we can talk about, the largest point we can talk about, is what we are plagued with. 85% of the population in the world today, they say right now, psychologically speaking, is plagued with some form of low self-esteem. It, it comes in all sizes and all shapes. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is, again, the reason that we, as a group, Carousel Partners International, are so intent on bringing this message to the world from our points of view as coaches, each with our own niche or niche, uh, each one of us saying, you know, guys, this, this, is, this is what we feel and this is what we'd like to offer to you. These shows are free. We're not asking for anybody to pay a dime to listen to these shows. We want you to get this information. Shall you want to, however, work with CAT specifically, she does accept clients on a special basis. She is a coach. She is a strategic interventionist. She works with people, as I mentioned earlier, you know, in the beginning. She works with all kinds of folks in all kinds of different situations. She is a trained hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, strategic interventionist. Uh, she is in the film industry as well over in Scotland. Mm-hmm. She can also work with you on a motion code. We've got just just a let's see what do we got for time? If we even got we can even mention. I wanted to bring it up though. One minute and forty eight seconds. So we got just enough time for me to say this, and then I've got to close, Cat, because uh, okay. I need to I need to get the information out for next week's show. But also, folks, get in touch with Cat. Cat, briefly, give them a quick contact how they can reach you. Well, you can reach me at um, changeforlife.tv. It's change number four, life.tv. Or you can get me through the Scarlet Underpants website, which is www.scarletunderpants.com. Excellent. Also, folks, Carousel Partners International, CAT is one of our key members of the 17 members in our group. Um, we've got about a minute left of show time. Kat, thank you so very, very much. God bless you. This has been a fantastic show, and she will be back, folks. Next week, phenomenal show, phenomenal show. We have Mr. Gary Spencer and Mr. Mark Byford from Crack On. 
in Thetford, England, and I'm not going to put on the English accent because they'd be upset with me, <laughs> they have now, they're catering to and offering help and support and coaching to the under-25s. They, too, are all involved with the low self-esteem issue for children dealing with the under-25s. They've got Crack On Charity. They've now opened up up to nine shops that bring in um, items for sale that help support and fund these programs and these coaching educational programs for the under-25s. Do not miss next week's show. Mr. Gary Spencer, Mr. Mark Byford will be on. The both will be on, 9 o'clock in the U.K., 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific, and, of course, around the room, uh, Australia, 8 a.m., New South Wales on the next day. And i got two seconds, and I want to thank you so all very, very much for joining with us today. This is Jeff Miller, your host, Carousel Partners International, Authentic You Media. God bless you all. Thanks for being with us. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.